welcome to 21 Podcast, the podcast where we talk about 21st century education. My name is Krista McDivitt, and I am happy to be here with you talking about all this fun stuff. Um, I am a researcher, I'm a teacher, I am a professional learning facilitator, and a doctoral student in education with a focus on educational leadership and obviously super passionate about 21st century education and our transition to get there. Today's episode is going to be all about uh, factory modeled and industrial era schools. And I want you to think about, does this sound familiar? (laughs) School systems as we know them today were created uh, in the 1800s. And during that time, it was the industrial era. So factories were popping up, uh, things were being manufactured, things were being made. And that's what uh, the government society wanted to obviously continue to do. So that's what schools were created for. They wanted to take the children and uh, put them through an institution that allowed them when they came out of school to be very familiar and very capable of working in the factories, on the railroads, things like that. That's how the physical structures of the buildings of the schools and the organizational structure was created, was based on these factories. When they created the organizational structure, they looked, like I said, to factories for inspiration. And in fact, they probably took a little bit more than inspiration, frankly. Um, They created a very similar hierarchy as you would see in factories. Uh, They used division of labor in a very similar way. Um, For example, uh, the term superintendent is directly straight from the factories. And of course, we still use that term today. Um, they wanted to have kids come in as products and move through the factories and sort of, so they can see also how the factories worked. So they were products and they were getting glimpses of what they would be doing, um, moving forward in their lives. Many of the men that were creating the, um, school system. They're creating it as an industry. And they also really focused on that that, um, intensive professional supervision um, that we saw in in factories and in more of that business sense. And they decided to um, use a similar structure of that direct supervisory roles in schools as well. And this is a quote uh, from Katz. Uh, 1971, if those methods worked in industries as diverse as textiles and railroads, why would they not work in education? (sighs) So they clearly saw students as products. Uh, So they created this assembly line type education where kids would come in, the teacher would be teaching them. Um, Looking back on our last podcast, they definitely used a behaviorist um, theory of education and theory of learning. And they had all 
the kids, the products, work on the same things at the same time. This is a way to equalize the playing field and allow all the kids coming in, getting sort of a baseline education, what they are going to need in the jobs, not necessarily that the kids want to do, but that are necessary to move civilization forward. So students, initially, when they came into school, they were assessed and determined what they lacked, what skills did they lack. And then they were drilled and skilled until they had those skills. So this drill and practice, rote learning, um, obviously very lecture-based, practice, 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 um, was very popular and really predominant in a factory model education, a factory model school. And so then the teachers, they worked as production workers. They had very little discretion over what they had to do with each kit. Just like in a factory, you know, you just kind of mindlessly do what you're told. And that was sort of the teacher's role is, is this is what you're teaching the kids. These are the skills that they need. So go ahead and do it. It wasn't differentiated. It wasn't, I mean, we're not looking at, oh, Johnny has, you know, these needs or, or Sarah is gifted or whatever. We're not, we don't care about that. We're just, let's give them the basic skills so they can kind of move through this production line into our factories. And like I said, move civilization forward. So some of the standards that were really emphasized for success in a factory model education um, are compliance, punctuality, cleanliness, discipline, reliability, and ultimately the maintenance of the status quo. Factory workers shouldn't rock the boat. (laughs) There's no reason for, you know, the people working in the assembly line to have any communication skills, um, to have creative thinking skills, critical thinking skills, any inclination towards innovation. It just wasn't necessary in the types of positions that um, the government and society needed. So during this time also, they were looking at how to create cost savings. You have a huge amount of children coming through this assembly line. How how do you organize them in a cost-efficient way? Well, (laughs) what do we think? (laughs) It's exactly what we know today. They split them into grades that were alike in age only not in needs, not in um, learning levels or anything like that, but by age. They were to be in one space for a a specific amount of time, perhaps a year. And that one teacher, you know, doles out the education for that grade level, that age level more specifically. And then looking into older students, they would, um, again, keep them by age, but then have them move around and the teachers stay put and use a bell system to sort of keep everything in line, just as our assembly lines and our factories do. So looking at this model of education, 
um, it really encourages isolation over collaboration because we didn't need to collaborate at that point in the jobs that they needed filled. Competition over teamwork. Again, you needed to compete for those specific jobs and you weren't working with other people. So there was no point in really teaching and, and facilitating teamwork. They needed um, basic skills over lifelong learning because you didn't need it. You didn't need to be lifelong learners for these positions. You learn, like you, you job trained, of course, um, but you know, you weren't reading books or wanting to go back to school or, or you didn't have the internet for, you know, all of your thirsty knowledge. Like you just did your job and you came home and and that was the way that things were. So again, these factory models uh, of classrooms were predominantly teacher centered. Um, Like I said, they use a behaviorist learning theory and the teachers were the keepers of knowledge and the students were the empty vessels because they came in to school with a deficit mindset. Let's look for flaws. Let's look for what they're lacking. And let's just like give them basic skills so they can all be on the even playing field. Now, I want you to think about how similar does this sound to your own classroom, your school, your school system? I know speaking for myself, it's very similar. We have not moved past that factory model very much. Our world in the 21st century has massively, massively changed from, you know, the industrial era, obviously. (laughs) And these skills, I'm just going to say them again, compliance Punctuality, cleanliness, discipline, reliability, maintenance of the status quo. Are those skills really necessary and imperative for success in the 21st century? Should we be focused on discipline? What is that going to do for our students in their futures where they need to rely on other people to dole out discipline? Our jobs right now aren't as hierarchical. They don't have that same vertical structure as some jobs in the past. We have a more flattened leadership uh, model in a lot of positions now. So someone who could, um, you know, self-regulate is probably a lot more employable than someone who is like relies on external um, pressures to be more disciplined, for example. So I want you to think about how your classroom, your school, like I said, your, your, your whole educational setting, how does it connect to this model of education and what is it doing for your students? What is it doing for you? And who is it serving? I'm going to ask that question a lot. Who is it serving? And, and how can we break this model, break this cycle 
in systems that are unlikely to that are unlikely to change anytime fast. That is our episode today. I hope that you enjoyed learning a little bit about factory model education, factory model schools. Um, please feel free to let me know what you think you can do in your classroom to sort of break this mold if you find that, you know, this is something that sounds really familiar to you. You can find us on Instagram at 21edpodcast. You can also leave a voice message uh, for me, a question, a comment, whatever you like, on anchor.fm slash 21edpodcast. Thank you so much for listening. Again, my name is Krista McDivitt, and I am very happy to have chatted with you. And next time, maybe we'll look at what a 21st century classroom and school and school system might look like. We'll see you then. shout out to our sources today well our source today um i was working off a wonderful article called literacy education for the 21st century it's time to close the factories Hickiest. uh this was written by christine leland and wendy caston uh copyright 2002 so if you're interested in learning a little bit more about these factory model uh, of education and, and systems, uh, give that a little read.